Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Becchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to today's episode. I'm so thrilled to have today's guest. She is a repeat guest. She was on episode 149 back in September of 2022. She is a mom. She's an author. She's now a family navigator. And I think she is just doing some incredible advocacy work. And she's really in the trenches on this journey. So um, I, I relate to her quite a bit. I'm giving a very lengthy intro to my friend and ally in FASD advocacy, Laura Bedard. Laura, welcome back to FASD Hope. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so, so happy to be talking with you again. We had such a great conversation, you and me and Kristen, back in September of last year. And um, just for those who are new uh, new listeners, um, new to the podcast, can we just uh, catch up a little bit on your family's journey and just provide like a, a little synopsis of your family's FASD journey for those who are not familiar with you and um, what you're doing? So I'll give you a, a, a very brief uh, run through. Um, so my husband and I um, have a daughter who's 11 years old. She's our bio daughter. And um, we adopted our son, Gabriel, at birth. And we noticed there were some some things going on pretty um, early on, um, pretty much as soon as we brought him home. But um, as you know, the, the FASD journey can take some time to get a diagnosis. And uh, when he was around four and a half, he was diagnosed with FASD. He was also diagnosed with autism. And... <sighs> It took me a couple of years to really um, grasp and grieve, I guess, that. Um, And then when he was around six years old, I did reach out because we were really getting into a lot of uh, uh, aggression, things like that, that I could no longer really handle. I did reach out to our local state uh, FASD uh, and I met some parents. I met Kristen Erickson, who I now work with at MassFast. And she was the first parent that I talked to that had a, uh, had well, she has two children with FASD, but she was the first parent I got to talk to that understood what we were going through. And about a year later or so, I think we ended up taking over MassFast. And, and that's kind of been our our journey very, a very brief one, I guess. (laughs) And episode 149, we really spoke about yours and Kristen's respective journeys. We talked about MassFast, how it grew, all of the wonderful advocacy efforts that you're doing, some of the legislative, some of the local legislative things you're doing, um, how you're working with uh, foster care, how you're working with uh, so many things. So I encourage listeners to go back and listen to episode 149 uh, to hear more about Kristen and Laura talking about um, MassFass and, and what a resource it is. And if you're in that area to, to make sure you reach out to them. 
So that is your part of your journey. I know there's so many facets of your journey. We're going to talk about three different things today. So the first thing we're going to talk about is your book. And I am so delighted that I have a copy of your book. Um, it's called My FASD Feelings. And it's a great resource, I think, for anyone who wants to learn about FASD through the perspective of a child. It's really from a child's point of view and their family. First of all, before we, we talk about it more, what inspired you to write it and to share with us your journey from the idea of my FASD feelings through its publication? So what inspired it was my son. Um, so being nine years old, having FASD and autism, um, but school was a big issue for us and it always has been. Um, we were fighting for years for the right services for Gabriel. But what happened was last year, we noticed he was becoming more aggressive, more angry, but he was really coming out, noticing he was different. He was behind academically. We were having issues with friends, issues with the school bus, and then it became just school refusal. And he was very angry and unsafe at home. Um, but he was coming home, calling himself stupid. I'm dumb because he was in a mainstream classroom with kids who could read and, and Gabriel's more as, you know, he's like a four-year-old, you know, sometimes he can write his name and sometimes he can't. So that's where he was. So what we decided to do is kind of have a very age appropriate conversation about FASD with him um, because we don't want him to think he's, we're not, you're not stupid, but this is, this is what we're, we're going to talk to you about. So we did have a conversation, which is pretty similar to what's in the book. So we talked to him about it. You have FASD, but look at all those amazing things you can do because you have FASD. He can build Legos like you would not believe. He can follow the directions in Legos because there's no reading, just pictures. And he always says it makes his brain quiet. He becomes really hyper-focused and he loves it. So it was like, hey, you know what? You have this, look what you can do. You, can, I mean, he builds Star Wars ships and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So he kind of got this little boost of confidence and he started telling everybody he would meet that he had FASD. Like, you know, I have FASD and, and, and he was really okay with it, but we saw this kind of boost. Um, and it was almost, you know, he accepted it um, for as much as he could at, at that age and what he could understand. So, um, but, you know, my sister and I did write the book together. Our first book was My Adoption Feelings. We wrote a few years ago. My sister is a psychologist. She has two children who are also neurodiverse. But we saw this really big gap, you know, in the literature for FASD kids books. So we wanted to write some, another book. Um, and so we also brought my daughter into um, helping us with the book. Um, so she's 11 years old and she helped with the illustrations in the book. So we, we let her be part of it. Cause she kind of being 
the the bio kid she's a good kid and but she kind of gets lost in the you know with everything going on here so she was very excited and got her name on the book so I have to say she did a wonderful job with the illustrations <laughs> she did she did awesome but I mean I think with this too um with this book not all caregivers and parents are at the point at this point not everybody is going to talk to their eight, nine-year-olds about FASD, and that's fine, but this is just where we are. But this book, I, it's meant to just start that conversation. Even if the kiddos are a little bit older and you want to use this book as just a guide to start the conversation, that's what it's really there for. And when I was reading your book, Laura, First of all, I, I really enjoyed reading it. I love the illustrations. Now that I know your daughter helped with that, oh my goodness, that's that's wonderful. And you what you say, we've talked about this, I think, in, in our first episode. Um we do have this um as a mom of a child that does not have an FASD. We do have that, oh. You know, anytime a dumpster fire happens, as in my own words, you know, anytime something happens and it's like, oh, I have to take care of this. And, you know, your your child that is not impacted either, you know, you, you divide and conquer and, you know, your your spouse takes care of him or her. It's really um, there. There is that feeling of, oh, I wish I could do some more for so much more for you because I'm doing so much for my child that has an FASD. So I love hearing that she was part of that and she was part of that um, journey in creating this book. So reading this book, I really think it's a family book, you know, not just a children's book, but I really think it's a family book because you provide so many resources you have so many great talking points in there. You talk about challenges, but you also talk about what I like to affectionately call superpowers. You talk about things that, you, you know, the strengths of a child with an FASD. Let's talk about how this is such a resource, not only for children, families, but for communities, for schools, for foster care departments. How has your book become this resource, I think, for not just the child and the family, but for so many other people that are affected by FASD? Um, I think, well, the end of the book has a parent and caregiver guide. So there's some basic questions a lot of us ask when we're starting this journey. What is FASD? Where can I get some help? What are some suggestions that could help me at home? The back of the book has a task list for families where they could even set something up like that. For us, for example, telling Gabriel go shower meant absolutely nothing. And he's wandering around in the hallway, you know, for 20 minutes. So Go shower doesn't mean much, but if you say, let's go get your clothes, let's go get your underwear, let's go get your towel, let's turn the water on, it has to be broken in steps. So we set up some examples of morning routine, evening routine, you know, bedtime to kind of break those down. And that can be really helpful for 
for families to get rid of that frustration of why can't you just shower you know because we we have to break it down um very simply for them so that's in there as well um for and, and this book is also great because it has the story and it has these questions and answers and you can give this book to a teacher you can give this book to a you know maybe your child's coach just to say here this is some you know information why don't you take a look at it it's a it's a it's not a big chapter book it's something they can read and get some information for sure I just love that. You know, we have to multitask on this journey in so many ways. We were talking about that before we started recording. And this book is multitask. It really does. It it, it has this very family-friendly, child-friendly story, talks about it in a very, in language that's not, you know, threatening, that's very um, open and receptive. And then at the end, you have this wonderful appendix really of, of like resources, definitions, questions, things like that. So for me, I would have loved this book about 10, 15 years ago, because it, you really do answer some of those basic questions that you, when you're starting on this journey, or even if you've been on this journey for a while, a reminder, like, oh yeah, you know what? I, I really do need to break down those tasks. And, and as a mom of now a young adult with living with an FASD, that doesn't go away. You still have to break down those tasks, you know, throughout life, because this is a lifelong disability. This is a lifelong diagnosis. So I'm just so happy that, that you have this book and we're going to, in our program notes and in our social media posts, we're going to not only include the link where you can get this book, but Laura's other book, My Adoption Feelings as well. So I'm so glad that those two resources are out there for our community. You have been busy because you're also doing this amazing role for FASD United. You are one of their family navigators. I think this program is so wonderful. And this is the first time on FASD Hope I'm really getting to talk about it. Um, so I'm going to go into a deep dive with you about the family navigator program. So how did you become involved in it? And let's talk about your role as a family navigator. So Kristen and I, uh, Kristen Erickson, as you know, and I work for MassFast out here in Massachusetts. So a few months ago, we applied for, it was a, basically a mini grant through FASD United. And they did this to give FASD affiliates a chance to learn about grant writing, the proposal process, um, and to help these smaller affiliates like us. So we did this. It was a short-term, uh, you know, temporary grant to see if this would work. And it did. So we're still here. And the Family Navigator program is, is growing. It's awesome. So what I want to really let people know about the Family Navigator program is that it is confidential. It's all confidential. It is free. Caregivers, parents, birth parents, professionals, individuals with FASD can reach out to the Family Navigator Program. They can ask questions. A lot of care caregivers and parents are looking for resources in their state. We can help with that. We offer one-on-one -on -one if anybody needs it as well. 
We also, you know, can talk to individuals who are pregnant or are intending to become pregnant and talk to them about alcohol and substance use as well. So listening to you talk about the Family Navigator Program, Laura, and knowing that you and I believe, is it you, Heather, Kristen, how many navigators are there in the program? So there's the four of us. There's um, Heather French, Laura Bousquet, Kristen Erickson, and me. Okay. So, Terrific. Yep. So we're we're there. And it is, I mean, you can contact us at any time. If you go online, there's a form to fill out. Fill that out anytime someone will get back to you. There's also a phone number. And the lines are open until 10 o'clock at night Eastern time. So somebody is there all day. Um, and I, I, I will make sure that I put uh, that information in our program notes as well as in our social media posts, because, again, this is a resource that 10 years ago didn't exist. And bringing FASD awareness and FASD advocacy to light, this is such a necessary and needed program because you and I both know we spoke about this before we started recording. You know, the first time you talk to somebody who understands FASD or who gets it or who has a family member with an FASD, it's really like this big bright light just shines on you and it's hope and it's, oh my goodness, I'm not alone. I'm not isolated on this journey. And before I ask this next question, how many families have you served so far? How many families and individuals have you all served so far? I, I think we're almost at about 800 families. Amazing. Isn't that, that amazing? Is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So what are some of the most common questions you get as a family navigator? The most common question we get is, where can I find FASD-informed providers? People are looking for FASD-informed therapists, pediatricians, you know, where can I find a diagnosis in my state? Those are the top questions. And, you know, for a lot of us, we get the diagnosis and we're really excited. We finally got the diagnosis. We got that missing puzzle piece we've been waiting for and it's see you later. Good luck. And we don't really know where to go from there. So it's amazing now that you can, you can call, you can write a message to, you know, FASD United, and someone can help you. Some and you get individual one-on-one -on -one support. Someone can help you find those supports in your state, you know, in your area. Which is such a lifeline because in the past it's, you know, you Google or you go yep. to the FASD United website, but you know, the it, we know that there are new resources that happen, you know, every month, every year. And um for those practitioners who have just learned about FASD or whatever, it, it's such an important, I think it's so great because not only are you giving a lifeline to family members, to birth moms, to educators, to anybody, but you're also sharing resources, you're sharing information. So, and one thing I know Jen Wisdall told me back in, um, in our last episode was that it's a great way for FASD United to collect information too. Like, okay, where are our needs? Where 
are we finding the most gaps in, in this part of the country or this field of practice? So it really is helpful for FASD United as well to, to learn what the needs are of those in the community. So I'm just so happy to hear that you're doing that, Laura. Yeah, I, I love it. I've it's been it's been an amazing few months. I'm I'm just I just feel so blessed that I get to do this work. I, I absolutely love it. I don't feel like I'm at work anyways when I, I say work, but I, I love it. I mean, this is what I I love doing. Um That's great. That's great. So you and I, you know, we have a lot in common. We're both, you know, lovely women with short gray hair and, and, <laughs> and we have a lot in common. I just, I, I'm very comfortable talking with you. I'm very, very thankful to, to know you and to have you in my life. Um, you and I have been through some really, really rocky roads in the past six months, you know, us with, with just everything happening in our son's journey and you with everything in, in your son's journey, um, it is really tough. You know, we, we talked before about some days you, you wake up and you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I can't do this another day. And you even like thinking about what I did, I had to just stop everything. And, and like you said, I couldn't even talk about FASD because we were just that much, um, overwhelmed by this journey. I think, um, you're in the trenches. You're, you know, your son is much younger, but you're, you've gone through some pretty, pretty challenging times. We're in the fr- trenches too. One thing that I, I want, I would like you to share with our listeners and something that I've tried to communicate is that I think people actually, they respect when you're vulnerable and they respect when you say, Hey, I'm just over my head in this journey. This is just too much for me because we know that for every, you know, you and I talking about this, there are thousands and thousands more families either silent because they're, they're too overwhelmed or they don't know where to go or they've been dismissed. This is a really, really hard, hard journey. What has gotten you through those times and, and made you keep advocating for the FASD community, for your son, for your family. I know that everybody, you know, when I ask that question, it's different for everybody. But again, thinking about your family's journey, what has helped you continue to advocate not only within your family, but outside of your family? Well, we we have had a really tough time. Um, the last... 10 months, I would say, have been the worst I think I've ever experienced. Our son has been in and out of hospitals, sea baths, inpatients for the last 10 months. Um, And it has been, it has been really hard on the family. Um, We had a lot of issues with school. And what happened was in August, he went back. He only lasted six days. And then school refusal became very, very violent and aggressive and ended up in the hospital. And it's, we have not calmed down from that. We've, we come home and we go back. He is home now. He's doing better than he has. Thankfully, I 
I'm not to be negative. I don't know how long it will last for. We yes. don't know. You know, the mornings can start out wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you say, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be in the ER tonight. You know, that's that's where we are. And I'm so glad you're saying that, Laura, because people ask when when you when we got talking before we started recording, I asked you how you were and you did what I do. You pause and you say, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Or, you know, it, it really is a loaded question. You you wake up and I'm so thankful you're saying this, Laura. You wake up and it, you think it's going to be a good day, but then you just pray that you don't have an ER trip yep. or that, you know, your, your kid just doesn't go off on a rage or something, or that something doesn't get destroyed or anything. It really is that day-to-day journey. Yeah. You, you really, and, and I think that if we're honest and if we can share that as moms to other moms, to other family members, to other people out there, that it really is. When you ask us how we're doing, we have to think about it because we're like, okay, well, right now in this very moment, we're okay, but I could get a phone call in, in, in you know, an hour saying I'm running away and, and I, you're never going to find me that kind of thing, you know, or I have to go to the ER or something like that. It really is that moment to moment um, journey. Exactly. And it is so hard as a mom to have this, your kid that you, you love so much. And for us, he's very, he's very aggressive and he can snap very quickly and it escalates very quickly. And, and you love this person and I'm going to help you, you know, what, you know, what do we need? And then the next day they can be very violent, you know, towards you. And it's, and it's really, it's just a lot. It's so much to process. You have this person you love and and they're beating you. And I know it's a, it's a brain disability, but it's still, it's still so hard to, to keep going. I mean, you know, cause sometimes, you know, there are mornings where, we can have a horrible day or we're in the ER and it's, you know, you don't want to wake up in the morning. You just, I don't know where to go from here. How do I, how do I move on? And, and that's, that's a lot of, you know, what we're going through, you know? Um, But I think for me, listening to your story and connecting with you, I think one of the things for me that's been helpful in these trenches. And that actually helped many things nudged me back to, to resuming FASD hope. But one of the things was that as we were on pause, we were getting thousands of, of downloads and I wasn't doing a single thing. So I, you know, I prayed and I thought, okay, there's still thousands of people out there who need to hear this journey, even even how ugly and hard it is. And talking with you, hearing that you and Heather and Laura and Kristen have helped 800 people, more than 800 people. That to me says that a lot of hope in this journey is being able to talk to somebody else who gets it. It is. I mean, when I talk to another parent, that is at their wits end and they don't know where to go and you can help a family. That is why I keep doing why this is why I keep going, you know, that's exactly why. And, and 
the other thing is for a lot of us, it's such a lonely journey. You feel like for years, I felt like I was on this island and nobody understood in, in uh, connecting with other parents and getting into support groups has helped me out so much in, you know, I can tell you a funny story because I did meet a couple of moms recently and we were talking and it, it's going to be a little gross, but my, my son is, you know, when he gets very anxious and worked up, he pees in his bedroom. Okay. And I was just, it started happening and I was horrified when that, I was like, oh my gosh. I've, I've heard more gross stories, Laura. So yeah. you're not, well, you're not grossing right. me at all. <laughs> so we found we call it the pee corner in his room. So my, you know, we, we have my, my husband got the carpet cleaners. We're steaming and washing. And I was telling a couple of moms and I was like horrified. Is it all, you know, we found this pee corner and the moms go, Oh, pff, we have a whole bunch of those at my house. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> or you have a pee room. <laughs> I know. And we laughed about it. I was like, oh, thank God, you know, because here I am just with that going, oh my gosh, this is, this is horrifying. And, and they're like, oh, and they're telling me all these yeah, stories. Yeah. I felt so much like, thank goodness. There's other, yeah. that's what helps, right? I found it's, my tribe. I found my tribe of people who understand this crazy journey. They understand the pea corner. If I went to, you yeah. know, a neighbor's house who has children and I, and I told that story to be like horrified, but yeah, yep. get it, right? Yep. Yes. Oh my goodness. And, and that's another thing too, Laura, when you make that connection with people who honestly get it and there's no judgment and there's no reservations and you can be a hundred percent authentic, then you can actually like, you can laugh, you know, which is something I never thought I'd be doing on this journey. You know, I mean, Don't so laugh. many times. Exactly. And I think that's a part of it. If we can laugh with other parents and they're like, oh, psh, I can top that one or anything. Yes. <laughs> then, then that gives you hope, too, because it's like, OK, not only am I connected and not only do I feel this lifeline with other families, with other moms, with other parents, but I can actually laugh. I can look back and laugh at this. What was a crisis, which is still a crisis, but I can look back and say, Oh yeah, you know, welcome to the club kind of thing. So I, I'm so thankful you're sharing that, Laura, because I again for you and I talking, for us two moms talking about this journey, there are thousands and thousands who are not. And we want to encourage you that we're in the trenches. You're in your your trench. I'm in my trench, but we're still doing this and we're still getting the advocacy out there. And we still want you to know that that there's hope, that there's hope. And I am more hopeful for the future of the FASD community now than I think I ever was, you know? It's, it's amazing to see FASD United, they're growing. I mean, this is, yes. this is growing. The affiliates are growing. This is, it's really taking off and it's really exciting to see for sure. 
Absolutely. So Laura, I'm going to put the links for both of your books as well as the FASD Navigators, but can you share just one more time how people can get in touch with you through MassFast and through FASD United Navigators? And I know you mentioned there's an 800 number too that um, they can reach if they're not able to um, get to a computer or if they're just, they, they have their cell phone, they really need to talk to somebody. Can you share that before we end our discussion? Yes, I will. So you can reach us at FASDunited.org and you'll see a big banner when you go on for the FASD United Family Navigator. And from there you can click on and you can go to the form. You can fill that form out. It will go right to us. So anyone can reach us from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time Monday through Friday, and they can call us at 202-785-4585. And like I said, they can also complete the form that is online through FASD United. Terrific. And again, that gives me so much hope thinking about these resources and thinking about even five years ago that there was just, this wasn't out there. So I'm excited to see how the Family Navigator Program will continue to serve and to be a lifeline for so many families. And not just families, birth moms, educators, professionals, anyone who needs to know anything about FASD or to find resources and information. So, Laura, you've been on FASD Hope before, and I know you'll be on again because I'm just so excited um, to see how you are just helping and being such a lifeline in the FASD community. Um, you know, and again, we're also talking about moms on this, on this challenging journey. Um, what words of hope can you share for our listeners today in their trenches, trying to figure out their way, thinking of your experience? I would say you are not alone. There are thousands of others going through the same thing. Ask for help. Get into a support group. If you can't find a support group, if you need resources, you need anything, please contact us at FASD United Family Navigator. You can talk to someone there. You can get one-on-one support. We can help you, but you are not alone. Okay? And that to me, you know, um, that gives me so much hope. And I think that in this journey, knowing that we have a community that is helping one another, that is such a beacon of hope. And I am so thankful and blessed to know you, Laura. Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by liking and following FASD Hope anywhere you find your podcasts. Remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.